Coming to you live from the basement of an abandoned house in the middle of a field, it's the Derek Izzy Show. Making history his story, Derek Izzy. You're listening to The Derek Izzy Show. Welcome to another monthly episode of the greatest podcast on earth. And you can let everyone else know that you're a fan of The Derek Izzy Show by writing a five-star review on iTunes. Please do it. We need more reviews. That helps the show grow. And we thank you for being a loyal part of the audience. Take 30 seconds, write a five-star review for us because those five-star reviews go a long way to the credibility and growth of the show. And we know you want to do the right thing. Support The Derek Izzy Show. Write a five-star review. And now... The topic of today's podcast, alligators. They're known as opportunistic hunters. They go after fish, snakes, small animals. They'll even eat each other if if they need to. They like to go after whatever's easy. Most alligators in the United States can grow to be about 10 feet long. The scary part is when they run. They don't do long distances very well. But if one is chasing after you, it will catch you in the first 20 feet. Alligators have a very quick sprint for about the first 20 feet, but if you can get to the point where it's been 20, 30 feet away, then you have a likely chance of escaping. Alligators are not distance runners, but they do cover that first 20 feet extremely fast. If you're thinking about getting a pet alligator, I would definitely not recommend it, But there are people who have had pet alligators in the past. People have had all kinds of pets in the past. But in the late 1800s, portions of the southern United States were still being settled, including the state of Texas. Back in the 1880s, a man named Henry Elmendorf names a town after himself. Located just southeast of San Antonio, this small town would be home to the Ball family. Frank Ball decides to move in to this small town. He borrows some money from a bank and starts up his own factory. The factory starts to make money. Frank expands, starts buying up property. Property starts making money. He starts buying and selling the property, and then he decides to open up his own general store. With the factory and his store and the real estate, Frank Ball is becoming one of the most wealthy businessmen in the area. He gets married. He has kids. In 1896, his second child, Joe, is born. Now, Joe loved to be outside. He loved fishing. He loved playing in the water. And he really liked guns. He would practice every day. His nephew even said in an article... He said, my uncle could shoot a bird off a telephone line with a pistol 
from the bumper of his Model A Ford. So we know this practice was paying off. And where would his shooting skills pay off? In the Army. Because in 1917, Joe Ball joined the Army and went off to fight for the USA. Upon returning from the war, Joe needed something to do. He had a reputation for being a gambler and a ladies' man. What's a good profession for someone like that? Well, Joe decided to open up his own saloon. Joe was a notorious bootlegger, and this was a very dangerous job. It was alleged that he would travel around in his Model A Ford and sell people whiskey right out of a barrel that he kept. In the 1920s, Joe hires a man named Clifton Wheeler. Clifton was basically a handyman, and he was able to pretty much assist Joe with everything that he needed. Assisting Joe with opening up this saloon, the saloon would be named the Sociable Inn. Now this was a small building. There were two bedrooms in the back, and then they had the bar up front. Customers would come in, they would enjoy their alcohol, and then there were some unusual things that the customers would enjoy. They had cockfighting that would go on several nights a week. But in order to draw more customers, Joe was looking for original ideas. He decided to dig a hole behind the building, and he basically put a pool in the ground, surrounded by a fence, and he acquired alligators to place in the pool. This drew customers to the sociable inn. Joe had finally found his gimmick. Now that business was good, Joe had his pet alligators. Being a ladies' man, Joe really wasn't the best with relationships. He had fallen for several of his waitresses. And in 1934, he met Minnie Goddard, also known as Big Minnie. Now, Minnie was really obnoxious and bossy, but Joe liked her. She helped him run the bar, and she kind of, she kind of acted as a, as a bouncer. Joe had his friend Clifton there to handle any trouble. Joe being a good shot with his pistol and Minnie having this bigger-than-life attitude. They ran the bar pretty well until Joe would fall for another waitress. Now, Joe was known for having kind of a temper, and when he got upset, he got violent. The younger waitress that he was now in love with, during an argument, he threw a bottle that hit her in the face, giving her a permanent scar. Big Minnie would suddenly disappear from the picture. Joe had his relationship with the new waitress, and in 1938, she would be in a horrible car accident. Now, this car accident almost killed her. And one of the injuries that happened as a result of the car accident was the amputation of her left arm. Now, you can imagine how the rumors would start. Joe has these alligators in the back of his saloon. And the person he's dating is now missing an arm. Back in those days... Rumors spread like wildfire, and the rumor this time was that an alligator had eaten her arm. Despite his problems with women and the rumors that were now circulating, Joe always had a good relationship with his alligators. They were his pets. Now, Joe, having this relationship with his waitress, that would suddenly end. So Joe went through many, 
and then Minnie just suddenly disappeared, and now this waitress with the amputated arm, she would disappear. People started to question these disappearances. The family of Minnie became aggressive and started contacting the sheriff's office to look in to the disappearance of Minnie. Now, Joe had told a story that Minnie had ran off with someone, but the family wasn't buying it. The sheriff's office investigated, and Joe simply told them that she was having problems and wanted to move on, so she did. The investigators checked up on this information, but they were unable to find any evidence that supported Joe's claim. And now rumors were starting to spread. Now that the sheriff's office was investigating, one of Joe's neighbors had claimed that he saw Joe feeding human remains to the alligators. Joe was now being accused of feeding his exes to the alligators. Rumors were spreading. Had these alligators killed the loves of Joe's life? Did Joe murder them and feed them to the alligators? That's what everyone thought. And that's what the sheriff's office was beginning to think. Two deputies from the sheriff's office came to investigate this. There was allegedly a foul-smelling barrel that was behind the property, and the sheriffs went looking for it. The barrel was mysteriously gone. They went in to question Joe, and they told him that they were going to take him to San Antonio for official questioning. Joe agreed to go with the deputies, but he asked if he could just shut down the bar, close up his business, before heading with the deputies, and they agreed. Joe walked over to his cash register, pressed the no sale button. When the drawer opened, Joe reached inside, grabbed his gun, pointed it at his heart, and shot himself. The bullet killed Joe instantly. Other deputies would arrive, and they would investigate, searching the entire area. They searched the alligator pit. They talked to... Clifton, Joe's assistant. After talking to Clifton, Clifton revealed that Joe had murdered the two women, and then he proceeded to take them to the area where the bodies were allegedly buried, and that's where they found human remains. Clifton told them the story that he was drunk and that Joe had asked him to help out disposing of the bodies and forced him at gunpoint to bury one of the bodies and that foul-smelling odor that came from the barrel, that was another body. Clifton was forced to do all of this at gunpoint, or Joe would kill him. As investigators continued to dig through the bar and look for evidence, they found a scrapbook that contained pictures of many different women. At that point, they became open to the idea that Joe had murdered more than two women, that there were many, many more that could have been murdered and fed to the alligators. After a while, they were able to locate some of the women that were in the scrapbook, and they were very much alive. After a thorough analysis of the rotting flesh that was found in the alligator pit, they found that it was not human. In 1939, Clifton Wheeler pled guilty for his crime of disposing of the two bodies, and he received a two-year prison sentence the alligators were removed and placed in the San Antonio Zoo, but the rumors had already been spread. Joe Ball, the rumored serial killer, 
who killed women and fed them to his alligators, was not true. So the legend of Joe Ball lives on while he wasn't the sadistic serial killer that rumors have suggested he killed up to 20 women and fed them to his alligators. We do know that the facts support that he did kill two women and then killed himself. But the bizarre rumors throughout history continue to be spoken about. If you're ever passing through that small town southeast of San Antonio, that town of Elmendorf, be on the lookout for the locals who remember the name Joe Ball because they will have stories to tell you. Stories of rumors and scary tales that only the locals know. But you know the facts. And now you know the rest of the story. Serial killer Joe Ball laid to rest as well as the rumors of his killings. If you enjoyed this episode of The Derek Izzy Show, please write a five-star review on iTunes. You can catch the show on iTunes, Spotify, and join the Facebook group, The Derek Izzy Show Facebook group. All the episodes are broadcast there. And if you ever need some help with your business, click on the link in the show notes, the link on DerekIzzy.com. Check out Fiverr. There is a link in the show notes and on DerekIzzy.com. Fiverr will put you in touch with freelance operators for any aspect of your business. You need help advertising. You need help designing a website. You need help producing a podcast. All these freelancers offer their services, but you got to use the link in the show notes or on DerekIzzy.com because that helps the show grow. And you want that, trust me. Tune in for the next episode of The Derek Izzy Show. It's going to be a good one. Good day. Good day.